ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله تعالى من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وسلم تسليما كثيرا اما بعد فان خير الكلام كلام الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه واله وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اما بعد الحمد لله رمضان is coming up in few weeks and one thing to do in order to prepare for the month of Ramadan at least mentally is to think about some of the uh, benefits and some of the gains from the month of Ramadan I mean some people are concerned that again the month of Ramadan is going to be slightly in the summer and it's going to be hard, it's going to be hot, you're going to have long days. So you need some uh, kind of motivation maybe. But not an empty motivation. Uh, you need something substantial. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu kutiba alaykum al-siyam kama kutiba ala al-ladhina man qablikum la'allakum tattaqoon. We're all familiar with this ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed all of us believers and said that fasting is required, it is mandatory upon all of us with few exceptions and the fact that the reason for this is that we gain taqwa we gain taqwa and I think many people talk about the concept of taqwa and how we can accomplish it in the month of Ramadan. No doubt, gaining taqwa, which is, you could say, God consciousness, you could say, fearing from God and His wrath, you know, different definitions. But no doubt, this is one of the objectives, this is one of the goals of the month of Ramadan, is to accomplish taqwa. There's another objective that I don't hear many people talk about. Now, of course, many people come up with different uh, wisdoms of fasting, and, you know, this is up to ishtihad. You know, you might observe in yourself and the people around you certain benefits, that's fine. But this one is mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, and it's a hadith Qudsi, so it's a divine hadith, it is said by Allah Himself, and in that hadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَدَعُوا طَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابَهُ وَشَهْوَتَهُ لِأَجْلِي So one of the purposes, one of the objectives of fasting is that this fasting person, this fasting man or woman, they are leaving, they are abandoning, they're forsaking food and water, and pleasure for my sake, he said. So there is an act of detachment. You are detaching yourself from the things that you love, 
The things that you do on a regular basis. I mean, these are primal needs. Food, water, and intimate relations with one's spouse. These are very, very basic pleasures that we do every, I mean, on a regular basis. So, when you do that, you sort of grow an attachment toward these things. And some people might call it addiction. So yes, we are addicted to food. We're addicted to all kinds of drink. It doesn't have to be alcohol, even drinking juices and what have you. We're addicted to sleep, some of us at least. And it's all kinds of things. It doesn't have to be something you consume. It could be an object. And it could be so narrow, like a door handle. You get obsessed with small little things. How wide your garage is, or how, how, you know, your driveway. And we obsess about so many things. What happens throughout the year? We're building all of these attachments, these addictions. And now comes the month of Ramadan to the rescue. So in this month, you have the opportunity to detach. And that's the act of Yada. He's leaving those things that he or she loves. And they do it for my sake. You might say, well, this is not a big deal, right? I can do it anytime. And after all, I don't think I have this attachment you're talking about. But rarely we, we feel it. It's happening subconsciously. I mean, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, different places. In one place He tells us, وَتُحِبُّونَ الْمَالَ حُبًّا جَمَّا I mean, just examine this expression, this statement, that you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, speaking to us, all of us. He said, you have this love, you love money and wealth, an abundant love. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repeats love twice. تُحِبُّونَ الْمَالَ حُبًّا And jamma. Jamma is abundant. So much. You're in love with it, as we say. So don't deny it. Uh, denial is not going to do you any good. وَتُحِبُّونَ الْمَالَ حُبًّا جَمَّا you love wealth so much, abundantly, an abundant love. Different ayah. كَلَّا بَلْ تُحِبُّونَ الْعَاجِلَةِ Nay, again, don't deny it. In fact, both of these verses comes after kalla. Because there is a tendency to deny these things. We don't look good if we're, you know, if we uh, look like we're loving these things. Because that's a sign of weakness too. So we don't acknowledge that. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Kalla, don't, don't deny it. What's the purpose? If you deny it, you can't solve it. Kalla bal al-ajila. Rather, you are in love of ajila. And ajila is a reference to this dunya. This life. Ajila is from ajala, which is going fast. 
being hasty. So this life is referred to as al-ajila because it ends so fast. Before you know it, it's over. And because on a daily basis, you think you see things going on, going on so fast. Like you have no idea how the day passed. So the things, the daily occurrences are happening too quick, too fast. And you lose track. This is al-ajila. So he said, Kalla bil tuhibbuna. You have this love for this ajila, this life, which is so fast. And you forget about the hereafter. The Prophet ﷺ told us in the hadith, and he said this is one of the signs of the weakness of this ummah. He said, dunya So in one hadith, it's a long hadith, we don't have time to go over the entire hadith, but the Prophet described a state of weakness in this ummah. Such weakness that everybody will be stronger, and they'll gather, they'll gang up on us. And we'll be, we'll be in such a state of weakness. And the companions were so surprised. And they said, well, can you diagnose the problem? Can you tell us the diagnosis? And the Prophet summed it up in these two words. That you love this life. And you hate death. So let me explain this a little bit. Because some people now, non-Muslims and stuff, they are spreading this idea that Muslims hate life and they, uh, they want to die. This is not exactly what it means here. Think of it this way. The Prophet here, is telling us that when you grow so much attachment to this life, then death is going to be really hard. You're going to hate it. Now, of course, everybody hates death. But death will be a little easier if we were not so attached to this life. And this is for our own good. Because attachment in general to life, to wealth, to status, to anything, to any material substance will make us weak and will make us miserable. It will make us miserable. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ told us in the hadith, Ta'isa Abdul Dinar, Ta'isa Abdul Dirham. Miserable he is, the worshipper of the dollar. I mean, in, in the old days it was dinar and dirham, you know, the gold and silver currency. And now it is any money that you have in your pocket. But he told us, miserable is the one who worships money and wealth. Now, of course, no one is going to come and bow or prostrate to, to the dollar. You don't put your stack of uh, cash and you make a sajda on it. That's not the worship that the Prophet is talking about. So what is he talking about? He's talking about attachment. Being attached to this wealth. The fact that wealth governs you. It rules you. It tells you what to do. It controls you instead of you controlling it. That is the difference. 
The issue of wealth itself is not a problem. We know many prophets, or several uh, prophets and companions had wealth. The issue is attachment. And this is why here in this, in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ is telling us, you're going to be miserable if you worship wealth, if you are attached to wealth too much. Because when you lose it, what's going to happen? You're going to lose your mind too. Now some scholars might say, here the Prophet ﷺ is making a dua against those who worship money. And I say, you know, he doesn't have to make dua. I think the Prophet here, والسلام, is telling us about a fact. Anyone can observe it. He's basically making an observation. He's saying, indeed, miserable he is or she is the one who worships money. So attachment brings misery. This is the fact. This is what Ramadan is going to do to us, inshallah. If we approach Ramadan properly, and one way Ramadan can help us is to allow us to detach from our bad habits. I, I don't know what your habit is. Everybody is different. You, you might have a habit of smoking. Some, Muslim, some Muslims drink. And it could be a, a benign habit, perhaps, like overeating. And that's not benign all the time. It could be watching TV or being on the phone all the time or, or playing Xbox. You determine your, your addiction and your attachment. But Ramadan is here to help you. And that is the point. The point is you look at Ramadan as a tool. Ramadan is not going to do miracles to you. If you're not ready, you don't approach Ramadan in this mindset, you know exactly what you want out of the month of Ramadan. I'm telling you, many people come in and get out in the same way. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ made the observation that woe to the person who gets to live until Ramadan, but his sins are not forgiven. Well, that shows us that some people go through the entire month of Ramadan, they do all the movements, all the gestures, but there's no change. There's no difference. And this is why they exit Ramadan just like they entered Ramadan. And by the way, attachment is not just to things you can touch. Your lifestyle could be a form of an attachment. And I think nowadays in this modern lifestyle, we all feel it. I mean, people say it. I feel like I live in a rut. I'm stuck. I do the same thing every day. And I don't know what to do. Like, I have to get up in the morning. I have to go to work. And then the same thing, I have to come back, fight traffic on the way, come back. I'm exhausted. I have dinner. I go to, I go to bed. And I feel like I have nowhere to go. I am, and, they, and then they get depressed a little bit and they get upset. And this is when we go into midlife crisis and all of that. And then the way some people get out of it, they go and buy a Lamborghini or buy something, but it's not solving the problem. And if you don't have money, you cannot do that either. So that's not a solution. Solution is to look at the problem, eye to eye, not flee from it. 
And I tell you, if you look at other cultures, other religions, they do have other solutions. I mean, one idea that has come up in the past, like why don't I just leave all this life, go live in a monastery, and just worship God. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that in the Quran. And He said, this is rahbaniyyah, it's like monkship, but this is not something that is divine. Yeah, it might solve some of your problems, and it's not here, I'm not here to denounce any way, but it does not really solve the problem because you're just fleeing from it. You're, you're running away from it. The solution of the Quran is to face the problem and try and solve it. Deal with it. Expose yourself to it and try and solve it. And in this case, it is to look at your attachments and try and address them one by one. And use the tools that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. Like siyam, like fasting, like taraweeh and qiyam, like giving in the month of Ramadan. And inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help us detach. Because, because with detachment comes freedom. Again, that's another theme we talk about in the month of Ramadan. Of course, we talk about freedom from the hellfire, al-itq min al-nar. Oh Allah, free our necks from the fire. We, we hear all of that. So the concept of freedom and the theme of freedom, you hear a lot about in the month of Ramadan. But part of that freedom is to be free from those attachments. To be free from those addictions. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, mabaat. Inshallah, if you can come forward, because we have some people coming in. If you can find any space. Another way, and it's not totally separate from what I mentioned, but it helps with this detachment process, is to give. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us how to do it. He said, لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرَّةِ you're not gonna get, you're not gonna receive, you're not gonna attain, you're not gonna attain bir, which is righteousness, until you give from what you love. And this is the height of detachment. Look here, he did not say, go and give. And I know it's so easy to give sometimes. I mean, some worn out clothing that you don't wanna use, so easy. Just Shove them in the car, drive to the near mosque, the nearest mosque. And you go find some corner that no one is looking at you and you shove all these clothing in the corner. That's not a donation. You're not going to get to this high level of righteousness until you give from what you love. It has to hurt. It has to be painful a little bit. You have to feel it when you give. It has to hurt you somewhat. This is when you gain something back. You don't get anything for free. In the Salatullahi Ghaliya, God's commodity is expensive. But you also get something in this life because this very process of giving from what you love is what's gonna free you up. This is what's gonna free you 
and detach you. I mean, even physically, think about it. Well, you're, you're fasting the whole day. You're freeing your body from all the poison and all the toxins. You've been injecting the entire year. This is your chance to free your body from those things too. It's freedom all around. But we got to do it right. We got to understand why we're doing it. What are we doing in the month of Ramadan? And this is why it is highly recommended that we give so much in the month of Ramadan. Because it all works together. You're getting into this new system. You're changing your lifestyle. You sleep different. You go to bed different times. You wake up different. In fact, your sleep is very limited. You'll be lucky if you sleep two, three hours in a row. If you're doing it right, of course, some people sleep all day. What I'm saying is like if you're doing it right, you barely get any sleep. And you have to schedule your sleep in three-hour uh, intervals. So your eating habits change, your sleeping habits change, your work habits change, your worship changes. Everything changes. That is the opportunity to make the change you want. You're detaching yourself from everything you're familiar with. You're freeing yourself from anything you've been accustomed to. And if that's not an opportunity, if that does not make you await and anticipate the month of Ramadan, I don't know what. I don't know what will. And we know the companions, they used to like wait for the month of Ramadan. And now many people are afraid. And I feel with you, I'm not saying it's easy. If you've not been fasting for a long time or if you, know, you have some issues, it's hard, it's not easy. But when you have this mentality, when you, you know, you, you, you believe that Ramadan is your freedom, it's like your emancipation, then you're going to want to wait for it and anticipate it and you want it to come as soon as possible and when it comes, you're happy that it came. And that is the difference. Again, this concept of ta'alluq, the Prophet mentioned in a hadith too. I'll end with this hadith. The Prophet told us in that hadith, مَن تَعَلَّقَ شَيْئًا وُكِلَ إِلَيْهِ Look at this, I mean this hadith. And it tells you about the strength, the gravity of attachment. So one word for attachment in Arabic is ta'alluq. Ta'alluq is when you cling to something. Like we say, تَعَلَّقَ بِأَسْتَارِ الْكَعْبَةِ He clinged to the uh, cover of Kaaba or something like that. Used to do it, they used to do it in the old days when they want to save their... Like somebody following you, want to kill you. You hang to the uh, cloth of Kaaba and basically that will spare your life. But that shows how desperate that person is to cling like that. That is the concept of ta'alluq. And the Prophet here told us, مَن تَعَلَّقَ شَيْئًا Anything, it's your choice. Anything you choose to attach yourself to, Allah will lead you to it. And people have choices. Some people choose to attach themselves to their work and career. And that's all they do. They do it best. But then we have the common question. Is this what you're going to regret when on your deathbed? That you did not work long enough or hard enough? No. Some people choose to attach themselves to wealth and money 
And all they can think about is the stocks and the bonds and how much money in my account. And that's their attachment. Some people are attached to food. And they're always thinking of the next meal. I mean, they're eating the meal and they're thinking of the next one. Attachments vary. But look what, Allah, what the Prophet told us, مَنْ تَعَلَّقَ شَيْئًا It's your choice. You choose to attach yourself to something, Allah will leave you to it. Like, barakallah feek, you know. May Allah bless it. But He's not going to be in the picture. That is the difference. So the concept or the, the message of the hadith, if you choose to attach yourself to Allah, then you're going to have tawakkul. Tawakkul is not a statement, it's not a claim. It's a process. And this hadith explains it. If you choose to attach yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you're going to have tawakkul. There's no tawakkul without attachment. Tawakkul, you don't say tawakkalna ala Allah. That's not tawakkul. It does not start with that. It starts with ta'alluq and then tawakkul. Man ta'allaqa shay'an wukila ilayh. If you choose to attach yourself to some higher being, something bigger than you, we call it transcendence, right? You transcend yourself. You're not stuck in this little body which has so many limitations. If you're able to do that, then you receive the divine uh, protection. And that is the proper tawakkul on Allah. Again, Ramadan is the opportunity to do that to increase our attachment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, especially if we do what we mentioned in the beginning, the khutbah. He's leaving this food that he loves, this, you know, very expensive coffee drink for my sake, for my sake. He's doing it for my sake. He's leaving all kinds of pleasures for my sake. That is the detachment. And with that comes true tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah will be the wakil. The wakil is the one who is in charge of us, of our affairs. So it comes naturally. You do the detachment and Allah will do the wakala for you. Allahumma rabbana la tara'lana fi 